Welcome to Classic and Curious, a podcast dedicated to exploring today's classic style of life. I'm your host, Ann Kikoski, and each month I'll be sharing conversations with some of my favorite personalities in travel, entertaining, fashion, and decor. We will explore how they elevate their everyday with timeless classics, reimagined with a modern sensibility. So grab a cup of coffee or glass of wine, whatever suits your fancy. We hope to inspire you, make you laugh a little, and look forward to every engagement. Happy kickoff to the holidays, and we have the perfect guest to help you with the classic tradition of bringing to life the season in your home. We are thrilled to host Lauren Soden from Stems & Co., a boutique floral design studio known for creating refined yet organic nature-inspired floral design throughout New York and Connecticut. Her workshops and subscriptions have become a favorite for her followers. Needless to say, the weddings and events that are graced with the Stems & Co. Touch are stunning. In fact, Stems & Co.'s talents have been called upon from brands such as Jenny Kane, Serena & Lily, Terrain, Dudley Stevens, and Gray Barnes Inn, just to name a few. Today, we will explore simple approaches to bringing fresh greens into your home. Lauren is the perfect person to guide us. Cheers to Lauren, and let's chat. Welcome, Lauren. And how lucky are the listeners to have Stems & Co. for this preseason holiday episode. This is the time everybody starts to think through their home decor. And as someone who embraces fresh greenery during the holidays, I thought, what a perfect guest to help guide us and inspire us. So we're so happy you're with us. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. It's happy to be here. That's great. And I think before we jump into the holidays, let's really first let all of our listeners get to know you and Stems & Co. So tell us a little bit about your brand. Sure. So Stems & Co. is based in Fairfield County, Connecticut. We're a boutique floral design studio. We focus on weddings and events, but also have a subscription offering. So we bring our florals to the end consumer. I started the business with the goal to give clients and consumers access to event quality florals at a reasonable price point. I like to be able to allow people to have quality elevated flowers in their home on on a weekly basis. We also host workshops as well throughout the season, floral workshops, wreath workshops, etc. I just love this. There's three ways that you engage with your clients through weddings and events, subscription services, and then your amazing workshops. I think it's just wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about florals in the home, because I do think one of the things that I love about florals is it's one of those timeless elements that can enhance any space. They control the narrative. So whether it's an event or someone's home or perhaps the holidays coming up, talk to me a little bit about what role does fresh floral play? Well, I do own the business with flowers (laughs) as the focus. So I guess I have to say that I really do believe that florals transform a space. They really especially fresh florals, they can be the focal point for the room. They make the space more welcoming, more inviting. I really believe that they bring joy. And to me, they bring a sense of calming. And there's nothing like fresh scent in the room. And for me, everyone always asks me what my favorite flower is. And I really 
can't say one. I mean, I have a few favorites, but for me, it's about the change of the season and bringing something new into your space and the smell of lilacs when the spring has come. And they really mark seasons for me. And I love that the scent element and how it really transforms the space. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you know what? I do think it is seasonal. And I do love that you said lilacs in the spring. Tell me, what's your summer favorite scent? Oh, summer. I'd have to say peonies because we all love peonies. Love, love. Yeah. And some flowers have a ton of scent. Some flowers don't. The other one I'd say is one of my favorites is sweet pea. Oh, yes. Yes. They're beautifully dainty and their fragrance is incredible. And those are also one of my top favorites. Okay. Now we have to go through all, but we'll hold holiday to when we talk about holiday. (laughs) Okay. So we're in fall right now. Tell me a little bit. What's your favorite in fall? Fall. Scent-wise, it's tougher. So dahlias are one of my favorite in fall. Mm. They don't really have a scent. As I referenced, certain flowers do have scent, certain don't. So I would say in terms of scents for fall, I would say maybe eucalyptus. You know, just there's a ton of varieties of eucalyptus. So while I use that for winter as well, I feel like scent-wise, that's a big one that I love in the fall. I love it. It's funny because I probably love one of those. I love thistle in the fall. It's like one of my favorite. And maybe that's a branch. I don't know. Is it? I guess. I don't know. Right? Is it a branch? Yeah, no, it's a branch, but we call that a flower as well. So it's like does not really have a scent to it, but I just love the organic nature of it for the fall. So I think a little bit about when we think about floral design, do you have like a filter that you could share with the listeners on how you put a bouquet together? So for example, are there things that you look at to say every bouquet should have these three or five things to them? Definitely. Actually, I have quite a method in my brain that I use consistently. (laughs) Across the board, I'd say I I tend to design very naturally, very organic. Really, I want to celebrate the flowers for what they are. I I don't tend to make them super tight or modern. It's really, uh, the way I design is very organic. And texture plays a big role in that Mm -hmm. as well. So every time I design a bouquet, it has a big focal flower. It has something that's small and dainty and adds a little bit of whimsy, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then I do have a line flower typically. So those are a little bit longer. They add a little bit more height to the bouquet. And then I have, I typically use some more dainty florals that, that kind of hang out at the top of the bouquet, if you will. So it adds a bit more height differential and texture and movement to the bouquet. Love it. And you know, it's so funny as I listen to you say that, because as a designer, when I'm wanting to bring in fresh flowers to a space, I always look at that space and say, what role does the floral play? Like, what do I want to do? This is probably one of the favorite things I love to do is after I'm all done with a design, I bring in fresh flowers to complement the design as a thank you to the client. So I'll always look around and say, okay, do I want it to be a little softer message? What is the color that's going to complement it? It's not always the color that's in the room, which I think is important. And how tall do I want it to scale? How bold do I want it to play? That's what I love about floral. It really, your narrative can change based on whatever the room is, the occasion is, 
the season is, the event is, it really can be the most creative element that is brought to a space. And I just think I'm definitely a fresh over faux girl because you can never get that from faux branches. And I think that's just a beautiful part. So you mentioned earlier that you engage people in unique ways through workshops in the beginning, the three ways that your brand kind of connects with their clients. Talk to us a little bit about your workshops and how can the listeners kind of see them through your Instagram, et cetera? Yes. So we host workshops pretty consistently, seasonally, I'd say. So the spring, we do a spring workshop. The fall, we'll do a fall floral workshop. This this year, we'll be doing one for Thanksgiving, the week of Thanksgiving, so that you can make a centerpiece early in the week and actually have it for the Thanksgiving day. And then we do wreath workshops, which are a big hit in the, the holiday season, a great way to celebrate with your friends and have a glass of bubbly and get festive, if you will. So we do those, we host those workshops locally here in Fieldsburg County, but also we will offer wreath kits so that people more widely can also order a wreath kit. We provide all the supplies for what you need and deliver that to your home along with a video of me explaining how to make a wreath, walking you through the process so that you could come physically and take a workshop in our studio or wherever we're hosting it, or you can do it in the safety of your home with your friends, in the comfort of your home, I should say, Mm -hmm. and enjoy it in your own time. That has become a little tradition of ours. When I moved to Connecticut, we, two years in a row, participated in the wreath making. A wreath kit got delivered, and we watched your video, and my daughter and I kind of did it. It was just so fun. And now I have granddaughter, Blake, and she lives in Connecticut. And this is going to be something that is on the docket every holiday so that it can be really meaningful because I do think it is fun. And it's fun to do with children too, which I think is so fun. I mean, I'm all about the girlfriend night, no doubt about it. (laughs) But it's also nice to bring it in and do it with children as well. And that's where I would say to families, get two kits because you can kind of use it for two different reasons. So Lauren, that's why I have you on is because I fell in love with your brand while I was in Connecticut. And I just loved the way that you created a reach for your client through a workshop, whether it be events, and then obviously your subscription service. That really was like, I just fell in love. But I think I also just loved your taste. And I do think there are florists and there are tastemakers. And I really think you fall in the tastemaker category. And your website is just gorgeous. So before we jump into holiday, I really wanted to ask you, because you do so many special events, you're part of boutique hotels, you're part of brands call on you to bring floral into their retail stores. And what an honor that is, correct? And so I just think that's just such a beautiful honor. As you think back, what touches your heart the most as you think about the role you play? That's a very good question. And I appreciate your kind words. It touches me the most. I think the trust that I've been given, I have been approached by some incredible brands. It's the confidence that they have in me to come to me. I think really, I've built this brand for seven years now. And starting out, I was new and starting a business and it's come so far. But 
I was new and had my feet on the ground, was making it work at the beginning. And I think to get to a place where Mm -hmm. brands and hotels have the confidence in me to come to me to communicate their brand and really kind of portray what they stand for, I think that's really, really what I love most. I would. And it's funny, I'll, I'll share this with the listeners. One of my favorite places to stay is Gray Barnes Inn. And I'll never forget this. I was at their hotel and I've stayed there several times. And I remember walking in and I thought, look at those floral over there. They're gorgeous. And I asked who did the floral. And when they mentioned you, I felt special because you had just done floral for me. And I thought, oh my gosh. So like, it really does bring to life a brand's essence. Mm -hmm. And there has to be a right match for sure. And it just says so much about you to be affiliated with a brand such as that and so many others. So we have to jump into holiday now because here we are. By the time the listeners hear this, everybody will be thinking, what am I going to do this holiday in my home? How do I want to set the table for Thanksgiving? What do I want to do on my mantle? What is going to be my messaging in my home? And I thought, what a great way for us to jump in and just share. We talked earlier about that floral sets the mood and it really brings a whole different level, I would say a sensory experience to a home. So talk to us a little bit about what suggestions you have overall as people start to embark on this endeavor for bringing fresh greenery into their home. What should they not fear? Mm. I have to say that over seven years, I've learned that there are some flowers or some that are very finicky and there's they take a lot of care. And across the board, Greens are durable, they are beautiful, they are lasting, and they really are a great way to bring a festive feel to your home in a very simple way. It doesn't have to be anything super complex. Mm -hmm. A lot of flower farms, tree farms, I should say, they have the cuttings from the trees in a pile in the corner. You could go to a tree farm and find the cuttings and use those. So you could go to your local floral supply store, but it doesn't have to be complex. It can be as easy as going out to your yard and cutting some evergreen trees down. But it's really an easy way to make your home festive. And they it lends itself to so many different varieties of options. So I love the varieties that you went there because like I have my favorites. Like I have my list of my five favorite stems that I want to get or my branches or my pine. And I'll share with the listeners, my favorite is Vanderwolf pine, seeded eucalyptus, a little bit of cedar, and white berries. And I like a little juniper for scent because I think the cedar and the juniper fragrance always just, I don't know, it lifts my spirits. And I don't have to always put them together in the same bouquet. I might put juniper in one so it's a different experience in another and cedar, but like I get all into it. So you're the expert. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite, but you're the expert. Tell me, if I was someone doing this for the first time, what would be the five things or give them some advice on these are tried and true fresh greeneries for your home for the holidays? Sure. You referenced some of my favorites, honestly. I'd say cedar is a beautiful one. Leland Cypress is one of the ones I typically love. I love how 
dainty it is, how much movement it has. Mm-hmm. I would say boxwood is a really great traditional one that is pretty simple to work with. You get a few stems, you put them in a vase or you lay them on a garland on the table and mm-hmm. substantial and beautiful. Eucalyptus is also one of my favorites. Scent alone is incredible and it comes in a ton of different varieties. Seeded is also one of my favorites, but there's one called Parva and Silver Dollar. So they come in a ton of varieties and textures and shapes. So that's a great one Mm -hmm. that I love. And then Magnolia, it's real Mm -hmm. traditional greenery. And I love the brown that it brings in. Still a neutral, but very much like a different tone and the larger leaves. So for me, again, texture is always something I'm focused on. And in all of those that I just described, they're all diff- very different textures. And I think the mixture of them all together could be beautiful or mixing one or two to- together is incredible. And you really, you don't need much skill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Honestly, with the greens, you just, you pick two and put, they, you can't really go wrong, honestly. So they all have the same undertones. They're greens and they might be different textures, but they all work together. So it's not, I'd say, too complicated and definitely user-friendly. That's great. And so here I am, I have my greens and I'm ready to go. Are there things like a mister or like, what's the longevity? Like when's the right time to go out and buy your greens? Can you buy fresh greens in the early Thanksgiving week? Would they last all the way, let's say, to New Year's? Or is there a a way that you should consider maintaining them and maybe freshening them throughout the season? Let's talk about that. Sure, definitely. I'd say across the board, those that last best are your pine, your fir, and your cedar in terms of longevity of greens. I always suggest waiting as long as possible if you're having a party or you're you're planning a dinner. So wait as long as possible before bringing them into the home. Mm-hmm. They like the cold. They don't necessarily want to be sitting over the fireplace for a long period of time, but they are pretty durable. And even if they do dry, they still look pretty beautiful. So keeping them outside as long as possible in the cold, when you get them in, soaking them in a bucket of water overnight, giving them a fresh cut before you do so, so that they have a chance to really properly hydrate before you use them. If you buy them and just put them right up on the mantle, you're not Mm-hmm. they're not going to have been hydrated in a long period of time. So they're going to die faster. So for wreaths, you can actually take them off and soak them in a bucket of water They to keep them living longer. And misting, obviously, is another option if you don't have a bucket of water. But mm-hmm. if you're really looking to keep those healthy and living for as long as possible, honestly, giving them a dunk is a good option. And then just keeping them away from sun and heat. Again, they're evergreens. They love the cold. They do well in the cold and they'll last longer in cold. So keeping them, if you can, away from direct sunlight. That makes sense. And probably being ready to give it a little freshen in between the seasons. So I know myself, like I always love the fresh for Thanksgiving and that's where the magnolia would be so beautiful. But I think then as the holiday would evolve, I might have to go out and get a whole new set and take out the old and put in. But you're right, the cedar, the pine, it usually is my core base. It's like a good outfit. You can wear your good outfit, but you know what, you better change your accessories or change something, your scarf or something so somebody doesn't see that you've repeated the same outfit three times. So 
I think it's just keeping them fresh and renewed, which I think is wonderful advice. So I want to talk about three places in your home. We think about the wreath, we think about a centerpiece, and I think about a mantle. Those are the three areas in my home, like the wreath, the centerpiece, and the mantle. Are there things that one should consider? For example, I think your centerpiece can change up. It doesn't always have to be the same centerpiece for the whole season. Talk to me about advice that you would give to the listeners around what to consider when doing your mantle and what to consider when doing your centerpiece for the table. Sure. So for the mantle, obviously, you want to focus on greeneries that will last as long as possible because you may light a fire. You, It's definitely going to get some heat attached to it. So I would definitely steer more towards those traditional greens the pine, the fir, the cedar that are going to last best. You can add in eucalyptus, maybe closer to the day. Eucalyptus doesn't last as long, but it gives off the most incredible scent. Mm -hmm. So I think creating a mix of that, you can honestly take the stems and cut them down a bit and just tuck them in, creating a garland of sorts on the mantle. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that Airing on the side of your traditional greens there, boxwood and magnolia would also be beautiful there as well. Mm -hmm. I think that in the arrangement, you could definitely play a bit more with berries. There's the the seasonal berries. If you like a pop of red, they're ilex berries is what they're called. So I was just thinking, I love everything that we're talking about with the mantle, the care, the selection, the heat factor, etc. As I listen, I started my mind started to go over to the staircase. And often people will do a swag on their staircase or at the bottom of their staircase. And as we think about the components that we just talked about for the mantle, is there anything that translates over to the staircase? Or would you say, yes, here's what you could do for the staircase, but I would avoid X? What would you give the listeners as some advice for that? Sure. I think in terms of transitioning from the mantle to the staircase greenery, I think the key is length. So if you're able to get greens where you have enough length to be able to create, if you're using a wire to create your own garland of sorts that you're going to use as a swag Mm -hmm. on the stairs, it's just about having enough length on each stem so that you're going to be able to secure adding piece by piece while you're wrapping the wire to create the garland. Obviously, you can also purchase these (laughs) if you're intimidated (laughs) at the idea of making them. But I think the key is length here. Pine is really great for garlands for the stairs just because it cascades so nicely. It's very like bendable. So nothing too structured, I'd say. Boxwood's not the best, for example, for a garland for the stairs. I'd say any of the pine, cedars, fir would be a good And eucalyptus, honestly, would be great for the staircase, I'd say. So what about juniper? Sometimes I do juniper and my berries start to fall. And as much as I want the scent over there, I struggle with it. Would you say don't use juniper or what are your thoughts? Yeah, the berries will fall. And I think the key is if you're doing fresh flowers, which... I always err on that side. You definitely have the variable of them not lasting forever. So yes, any branches with berries will, won't dry as well, I'd say, berries. And that's okay when they're sitting on a mantle and they're just still. But people are walking by and they might bump into them. And luckily, though, eucalyptus, if you do a seeded eucalyptus, there are like seeds on those. So that's a good option for you okay. there. And then again, it's just about misting them 
as much as possible to keep them a little moist. And I'd recommend they'll probably live for about two weeks, I'd say. So trying to get Mm -hmm. them midway through the season so that you're keeping an account for the day that you're hosting and wanting them to look still look nice at that point. I totally agree. I think that sometimes decorating your home with fresh greens comes in stages. And you certainly love to do the wreath and the mantle probably first, and then the centerpieces around the event. And then I always say the staircase definitely has to be closer to an event or closer to the day, because it will show its aging, so to speak, a little faster than most. Let's move over to the centerpiece. You spoke earlier, Lauren, about your favorite go-to greens, such as cedar, Leland cypress, boxwood, and eucalyptus, and how these stems could either build a mantle or a centerpiece. And I think you even mentioned you could add a little red berry just to infuse color. What are other elements that you could use to add color or interest to a centerpiece? You bring in some fruit. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Sometimes I, into my centerpieces, I incorporate some seasonal fruits or you can incorporate, you can tuck some pine cones into there. Thistle is a great option. Thistle lasts a very long time. So if you want a little hint of blue in there, thistle is a good long lasting flower or branch as you referenced. (laughs) So I think that the centerpieces is a chance to play a bit more. You can play with more variety. Okay, so I love our ideas that we're talking about in regards to a centerpiece, but there are some of us that may feel a little intimidated by putting together that grand component that we see in magazines. Is there an alternative approach to creating a centerpiece-like moment that our listeners would just love to hear? I think the centerpieces can certainly be intimidating for people who aren't used to working with fresh florals. So a great solution and one that I use a lot in my weddings these days, there's a huge trend to use bud vases. And I think bud vases are very accessible. You can find them at pretty much any home decor store. You can even find them on Amazon. You can They're really easy to grab and they fill the table nicely. You can pick one or two bunches of your favorite florals very easily cut it and put it in a single stem. And with a bunch of those lining the table, it creates a beautiful moment. And I often love the idea of putting bud vases on the table and you could potentially give your guests to leave with it at the end of the night as a little take home. I love that. Well, I think too, if we unpack that a little bit, so like a bud vase for the holidays, do you see them all being the same size or different heights? Or how do you see that? You could probably do both. I think it depends. I often like to either keep a similar style vase in different heights, or you could do all different unique clear vases. You could do a mix of the same vase in different colorways. So like an amber and a clear mixed together. I think it really, typically I say if the colors work together, if if all the vases sitting together work together with the flowers that you're putting in the vases, that you kind of can play with it and it can be a fun touch of your own personality on the table. I love it. So then for like holiday, you could pull a couple of greenery sprigs, so to speak, and then a floral. Are there any favorite greens and floral combinations that you like 
for these bud vases that you think works well? The best thing about bud vases is you can't really go wrong. They're meant for single stems. So I like to include one to three stems, say, in Uh a vase. If it's a large floral, I'll probably do a large floral and then some sort of greenery as an accent just to like add a little bit more movement. I'd say eucalyptus is really a great one because just standalone green that you don't really need much more. It's just so beautiful in terms of flowers are really beautiful. I love the way their necks hang in the vases and they have personalities of their own. And any type of Christmas green. If you just wanted to save a little money and just get some greens, you could pick a variety of greens and mix them in. And they all scream Christmas and the holidays, I should say. And love that. And it's a pretty simple, I think personally, I love cedar. So I love the movement and you could mix a few different boxwoods, a little more stiff and firm in its stem. So you could mix boxwood with a movement of a cedar and it's simple and beautiful. Oh, I love that. And I could see that with some beeswax candles and votives all around it, and it would just be stunning. So there's also some people, and I guess this is a little bonus for everybody. You talk about the bud vases, and I started thinking about at the place setting itself with the napkin. Have you done anything in the past that you could just share? What have you done that's been so beautiful just laying on a plate? Because I just think there's something to be said for that as well. Any suggestions on what our listeners could just add as a touch to the place setting? Sure, definitely. I I agree. It kind of adds a finishing touch to your table. It feels like a complete table when you have something on top of the plate at each space. And in addition to like a menu card or something like that, if you're doing something very formal, we love adding sprigs of greenery into the napkin tucked in. It's very simple. You can get them at any local store and you just cut a small piece and tuck it in. And it just adds a finishing touch. I like to tie those into your centerpiece as well. So if you're doing bud vases with certain greenery, if you save eight, if you're having eight people, eight pieces to tuck into the napkins, it's a really nice way to connect to the centerpiece and also have something that's meaningful at each person's seat. We also do flowers often tucked into the napkins. You don't want to do it too far in advance of the event, but we do Queen Anne's lace sometimes or chamomile, which is really pretty. It's a dainty white floral. It's a really nice touch to put a finishing touch on the table. Oh, I love that. And I love the chamomile. That's kind of symbolic, right? Queen Anne's lace is so light and airy. Mm -hmm. So it still allows the place setting to be seen. Exactly. And then it just has this little touch of love right on top. So I love, love, love that idea. Mm Mm-hmm. How should somebody, you talked about this earlier, you talked about the cut, giving it a fresh cut. And I want to talk a little bit about watering because what I always mess up on is temperature of water, how much water, do you need the packets? Like, you know, let's talk like the core ground level. So like when you say give something a fresh cut, is that on the angle? Can it be straight? Like talk to us a little bit about best approach there. Typically, you want to cut on an angle or with branches such as greens, you might even want to kind of like hammer the stem a bit more. You want to, what you're trying to do is open, give it a fresh cut so that it can properly drink the water. It's having, it could have been transported across internationally, honestly, your flowers before they get to you and they need a chance to rehydrate properly. And they're not going to do that on an end that has not been cut recently branches and greenery, I recommend an angle and, but honestly, maybe even like giving it a little smash, if you will, to like like you do garlic. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Just kind of give it a go. And 
just that will give for more surface area for it to drink the water and it will more likely last longer. That's great. And I wanted to just ask a little bit about the water. Should it be cold, hot, warm? I've heard room temperature. What is the right approach? Yeah, I've never really given too much thought to water aside from cold because for me, most flowers... So we keep flowers in the cooler when we're not using them. They'll stay. It, it increases their longevity, the cold. So as long as it's not below 34 degrees, yep. cold is always good. It will help the longevity of anything. So I typically like to use cold water, mm-hmm. not freezing cold water, just if you're using a faucet, the cold side when I'm doing florals. That's good to know because like I've heard so many different people have a point of view on that. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to you. And when you said, hey, they're out in the cold, keep them in the cold. I'm like, well, the water's cold then. So like, I'm going back to cold. I kind of went to room temperature, but I'm back to where how my mother taught me. So thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so I think there's something that I think is also really special. So let's talk a little bit ahead. We're getting out of holiday. And I know for some of the listeners on the call, holiday is one season, and then you go through this fatigue, and your mind goes to new year. And how can we help our listeners really kind of think a little bit about the new year and ways to bring in natural elements to the home and what it does for them? Sure. So I am all about the holidays and bringing it all in and setting it all up and making your home feel incredibly magical. But I'm also very much the ne- the person that by January, I'm like, okay, it's time to start fresh. It's time to kind of clear, clean the slate, time to get out of, get all the decorations out and clear the space and swap things out. So I think that that's a great opportunity to bring in some florals that are not your traditional holiday florals. Honestly, peonies are available in January, believe it or not. Mm. So I love to swap in a, a just a, a set of 12 peonies in a beautiful vase and clear out all the mess and perhaps some ferns, bringing in some green plants that are not greens that are holiday specific, really clearing the space, setting the tone for the next year and getting out of any energy from the year before. (laughs) It's it's like breathing in new oxygen into your space. I love fern branches. Like there are times I've been known to just go by branches. Isn't that funny? In January, like nothing ornate, some ferns, some big fig leaves. You know, I have just put them in a vase and just felt so clean because I've had so much of the holiday around me. I wanted this sense of calm. Um, So Do you have any favorite branches that you would encourage people to think about in January? Yeah, I was thinking actually pussy willows are a really great, beautiful, simple, clean, very not intricate Mm -hmm. branch that would be great. And it has like that silver hue. So it kind of has the, I don't know, a nod to, you could do it in the winter, in the holiday season as well, but it has just like a new year feel, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think also succulents would be a great oh, option. Yes, Something completely different and clean and you can, those last pretty well as long as you take good care of them. So those might be nice to usher out the old and bring in the new. I love that. I love that so much, but I love that. And I think so many times I do think a home, I think of it as a season. 
just like you said, I think of flowers as a season. I think of a home as a season. There's that new year energy of what do I need to buy that's fresh? You know, it could be bedding. It could be, I want a new set of dishes. But we don't often think about the floral aspect of things. And I just, I think that that really needs to be folded into how we live and how we think, because there's nothing better than bringing in natural elements to your home. So I'm excited for 2024, but most importantly, what about your brand? What do you have on the horizon for Stems & Co.? We have lots on the horizon. We've been growing incredibly this past year. I won a grant, a women's business development grant. So we have a new cooler. We're able to take on more events. So we're really going to up the the game on events, taking on more, broadening horizons. I have a bigger team coming on right now, considering expanding into potentially doing more on the design side of events, not just florals alone, because, Mm -hmm. you know, florals, I do feel like we really you make the mark visually on an event, but to be able to have a little more control on this tableware and the place settings and all the details is, mm-hmm. is something that I've been interested in. We're really looking to amp up our social media this year. And then we're starting to build up our retail presence at our studio in South Morocco. I'm really trying to open it up to people to come stop by and check out our vases and, and inventory and grab flowers on the days that we're open. So those are kind of the big buckets of what are, I'm focusing on. But with a creative brain, it's constant ideas and needing to prioritize. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I just love the whole retail aspect. I can't wait. I have to stop by yeah. because I'm in Connecticut a couple times a month. So I'll have to mosey my way there. But I think for everybody listening, all you have to do is go on Instagram at Stems and Co and just see the beautiful inspirations that Lauren and her team do. It's just quite remarkable. And she's definitely somebody to watch no matter where you live in the country. I know we have a lot of listeners from LA, New York. You are inspired. We're so lucky we live in this world where Instagram connects us, right? Two people, two places, two things. And make sure that you check out Lauren's site, her business, her beautiful inspirations, and hopefully, and I know you will be, as inspired as I am. So thank you, Lauren, so much for being part of this. I so appreciate you being with us. And there is one thing we have to do before you jump off, and that is our lovely five questions that every guest has to answer. It's just a little way for us to kind of introduce people to everybody's classic soul that is a guest on Classic and Curious. So we'll start with the first question. Who inspired your style the most? This is a tough one for me because I I reference my creative brain. And I think that in that comes being influenced, inspired by tons of things. And for me, it's never really been one person here or one Mm -hmm designer here. For me, I really take inspiration everywhere. I'm learning that more and more as I age that I have a creative brain. And in that, I love all the flowers. They they each have their own, they bring their own elements. And I feel like that's kind of how I run with home design, with my the way I dress on a daily basis. For me, home design is something that's a focus right now. I'm redoing a we just purchased a 1850s restored barn. So we're re- restoring the barn. And oh, wow. 
So for me, I take inspiration right now. It's very home focused, but you, of course, and I follow a lot of people on Instagram that work the core, amber interiors, pure salt interiors. So for me, it's yes. Leanne Ford. I really love her clean lines. I do too. It might be a bad thing, honestly, but for me, it's never just one. And that's hindrance sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, it's from every direction, honestly. I think that's beautiful because I'm the same type of person. We have something in common. You acquired a barn that's already built and I'm building a, you may not know this, a vintage barn that that's the inspiration for my home in Maine. So, but I too collect ideas from everybody because I do think when you collect, when you put it together, it becomes you. Mm -hmm. So there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. So tell me your favorite item in your closet. Okay. I would have to say... My black leather jacket. <laughs> you can take the girl out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the girl. And despite living in the woods these days, I love nothing more just throwing that on over whatever I'm wearing. And it always just takes it a li- up to the next level and feels a little more elevated easily. Totally. Love it. Okay. Your favorite classic cocktail. Okay. So... I have to say red wine is my all-time favorite thing ever across the board. <laughs> but if we're talking cocktails, I'd say I have a summer and a winter. Summer, I'd say anything with tequila, kind of grapefruit, a Paloma, something very vibrant and happy. And then winter, I've been on a big bourbon kick recently. Love. I'm actually going bourbon tasting with some friends in Kentucky in a few weeks, interestingly, but old fashioned is really one of my favorites recently. And it just, I love how warm it makes you. So that's. Oh, so good. You know, I do too. And actually my husband makes one, believe it or not, for the holidays, I'll send you a recipe. It's with pomegranate in it. And it's a bourbon drink and it's delicious. And I'll follow up with that recipe. You'll love it. Ooh, I'll have to try that. (laughs) Yes. So then Favorite, or I should say most memorable dining experience? Okay, so COVID has put a hamper, damper on my travel, but I'd say in terms of, and to me, I also do have two young kids, so I'm not doing too much extravagant eating these days, but I'd say recently I, I went to Tulum actually, and we ate at Arca in Tulum, and it was just the most incredible ambiance. And the cuisine was incredible. I was every time I take a bite, my mind was blown. And of course, I was on vacation, so that helped. But I'd say Arca in Tulum is, is one of my most recent favorites. That's great. And you know, I think I'm going to end up doing a book or something for Classic and Curious on everybody's favorite restaurants. Mm. (laughs) It might be a bestseller, who knows? (laughs) But that would be funny. I can't believe I just said that. Yes. But anyways, travel. Favorite place you've been? And I also have been asking people, favorite place you haven't been but want to go to. So either way you want to look at it. Oh, yes. Okay. So again, I haven't traveled much recently, but usually it's a beach destination. My husband surfs and we love the beach, but I'd say having been to was was not necessarily beach, but we were on a boat. I'm in Croatia. We chartered a a boat for our honeymoon and island hopped in Croatia, which was just incredible. Where I'm really craving going is 
honestly, usually it's beaches, but right now I'm really craving city and cultural travel and experiencing different cultures. We're considering Costa Rica and I'm actually headed to Portugal in the spring. So yes, really looking forward to kind of getting my cultural dose. We've been so closed off for so long and with young kids, it's harder, but I'm really looking forward to seeing new. (laughs) Getting, yes, yes. You know what? I, I just had the same conversation. I've seen, I'm lucky enough that I've seen so much of Canada and the United States that my bucket list really is outside the States and, you know, just really saying, where haven't I been and how do I get there and when? So love that. So, wow. Awesome. So great. And like I said before, you know, just such a joy to have you and look forward to it and look forward to watching everything on your Instagram. But most importantly, I can't wait to make my wreath and get my kit. So looking forward to it. And thanks again, Lauren, for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays. And I can't wait to see it. I want to see a picture of your beautiful creation. I will send it to you for sure. Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Okay. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Classic and Curious. You can find all of Lauren's tips and brand information on our podcast page at styledbyark.com. Be sure to follow Stems and Co. on Instagram at Stems and Co. for all of Lauren's tutorials and inspirations. For New York and Connecticut listeners, check out stemsandco.com for their menu of services and their beautiful floral subscriptions. As always, we would love for you to hit the subscribe button and feel free to share your feedback and requests. Looking forward to our next time together. Ta-ta for now.